Welcome to Fusion Fantasy Football. All right, guys, we're back. This is it. This is the big episode with all the teams. Enjoy. It's a little over three minutes per team on average. I think that's pretty good. A lot of people put out their teams and its entire podcasts and or at least divisions, you know, at a time. So I think that this is pretty concise, all things considered. Hope you enjoy. Check the description for timestamps. Let's do it. So we're going alphabetical, starting with Arizona. So I am going to try and just spend no more than three minutes per each of these teams, uh, probably, hopefully, two. That's going to get us to about, like, an hour. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Whew. Are you ready? All right. Here we go. Kyler Murray, my quarterback for... And when I reference rankings, I'm talking about the projected rankings, not the draft ranks. Those are separate things. Okay. Kyler Murray, quarterback four. That's uh, about 308 points, 4,200 yards. Okay, so I'm not going to list off every single stat. Here's the important thing to know about Kyler Murray. 93 rush attempts, 540 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns. That gives him a very safe floor. We saw some of it last year. I was high on Kyler Murray. I continue to be high on Kyler Murray. Everyone else is caught up, though, so he's pretty expensive now. So consider this after I just said all that. You probably will want to fade Kyler Murray because you're probably going to have to spend too much. Quarterback four, he's usually getting drafted right now, like four or three, which means that's at cost. There's no gain there, okay? So most likely not getting Kyler Murray. I have him in one league this year, one startup or redraft. This was a startup. It was an auction, and he was one of the last guys left, and so I did overpay for him. But you can do that on an auction. You can be flexible. I, I went ahead and I did it, all right? But in a normal draft, Probably not getting Kyler Murray, not worth the cost. DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to do okay. Maybe not wide receiver one okay, but I have him for 260 points. He's still getting 143 targets, 1,200 over 1,200 yards, seven touchdowns. He's wide receiver four in my projections. Okay. Somebody to not miss here, Christian Kirk, wide receiver 38. 38, it seems like a big number. It seems really low down the rankings, but it's 91 targets, 680 yards, and 163 PPR points. That's that's not small change. That's a really solid flex player. Larry Fitzgerald, not far behind that. And he's going even later in ranks in, in ADP possibly. Both of these guys are going to be values for you on this team. That's what I'm going to try to do, by the way, on these. I'm going to be trying to hit players to be aware of either because of production or because of cost and I'm going to hit on values uh, or players that I think are going to far exceed expectations so the next guy actually falls into one that earlier category Kenyon Drake I think it can be okay having for RB 14 220 points but uh 
he's not as high as some people have him. So again, this is a very vanilla ranking on him. So I would just, I'm a little wary of him. We haven't seen him do it all, put it all together. Now, how much that was the coach's fault, I don't know. But I still am concerned he's just like a better Lamar Miller where once you give him a lot of work, his efficiency goes down. And we did see a little of the a little bit of that towards the end of last season. He came out with those big games, exploded onto the scene, and then it it tapered off a little bit. What's it going to be like when he gets that full workload? Um, range of outcomes is he could be Austin Eckler, who, again, we were a little bit worried of can he handle a full load. They came out last year, exploded, and kept it up. Kenyon Drake could possibly do that. He's not the kind of receiver that Austin Eckler, though, and that is my concern here. Uh, he's also not your typical, uh, you know, 20 rush attempts per game kind of running back either. I just think it's going to be spread a lot around a lot. So these are two valuable. Look, um, I'm going to spend more time. This is the first one and I'm also getting into other things. So I'm not going to be too worried. I'm going way over three minutes for the Cardinals, but I wanted to point this out and I did on, on again, follow me on Twitter at fusion FFB. But I wanted to say it here in the podcast too. Look, a lot of people are saying you want handcuffs this year. It's it's more important because of COVID and everything. Listen, listen. That's I'm not I'm I'm afraid that's faulty thinking. It doesn't make sense to get your running backs handcuff. I mean, if you can get them cheap, sure. It doesn't make sense to prioritize at an additional cost your running backs handcuff. When, if the lead running back gets COVID or test positive, we'll just say test positive, right? Hopefully it's a negative or hopefully it's just close quarters, right? And it's just a precautionary thing. Even in those cases, it takes a a few days, if not longer, to get cleared. We saw it recently. Matthew Stafford they're saying it was a false positive, or maybe I don't know if it was just close proximity. Justin Jefferson, that was a. It seems like it took a week, so he didn't have COVID. He just was in. They weren't sure, and they were quarantining him because maybe he was too close to someone who was a confirmed COVID case. This is going to happen all season long, guys. Let's be realistic. I'm hopeful for a season. I think that the NFL has done a better job than the than the baseball has. And so everyone who's comparing it to baseball and seeing how bad baseball is going, I don't think that's fair. I think if baseball can continue to play, the NFL is going to be fine. Things are going to happen. Things are going to be weird. Players are going to miss games. But it's going to be manageable. Like it or not, I'm just saying that's how it's going to go. What that means is particularly on offenses or defenses or even within position groups, I hear they're wearing these things that like alert them to if they get too close to each other, right? Um, There's also, and I wonder at the same time, if they're smart, surely we have the technology to do that. You'd be able to track like what other uh, bands you came in close contact with and then later if, if one of them tested positive, they could look up who came close to him right then those people are going to be oh 
we need to get you tested. You came really close to this guy who had COVID. Okay, this is what I'm talking about. So suddenly, coming back to my point about handcuffs, suddenly it's not just your your main running back, the starter, who's out. It's it's all the other running backs too. <laughs> and and teams are going to are either going to if the, if the teams are smart, first of all, the new practice squad rule, they can bring them up like 40 minutes before the game or something like that. They're going to utilize that. They're going to treat those players as kind of like these uh, insulated, right, quarantined reserve. And maybe even you'll see like a backup backup. So in, in the Cardinals case, Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, they're out there, the main guys, they need to get being getting reps. They may be running Eno Benjamin completely off to the side because if something goes bad and all of a sudden Drake and Edmonds both have to go into quarantine, they need to know for sure that Benjamin isn't going to have to go in there with them too, right? They're going to need another running back. So this is this is the kind of things we got to think about, and I'm sure teams, hopefully they are too, and if they're smart. So what's going to happen is that backup, that handcuff that you prize so much, it may not do you any good. Because guess what? Handcuffs can get COVID too. They can get the coronavirus just as easily as the starter. So it doesn't matter. It's not any better. If anything, it's worse. Here's what you want to do. You want to grab cheap handcuffs for your opponents on teams that have high upside running games. Again, go to my league stats tab, use that. What teams have good running offenses? Get those guys, okay? Also, this can even apply for the in the receiving game. Tight ends. It can apply in a lot of different ways. There's going to be teams and situations where it's going to be worth diversifying. Across the board, I'm saying this, diversify. That high-priced quarterback uh, wide receiver stack might not go so well for you this year. Maybe stick with the cheap ones. Don't get uh, both a wide receiver and a running back on the same team. I mean, you want to stack Zeke and Cooper and Dak Prescott? Sounds good. What happens when a bunch of them get to code? Oh, I guess maybe Zeke was the best example. Although, by the time we get deep into the season, his antibodies probably aren't doing any good. I mean, I, I've mentioned that in the past. I I understood that I it was just improving his odds in the short term, but he's not completely invulnerable to getting the coronavirus or even a different strain, right? So it, it could happen. Or maybe, you know, people are talking about just drafting nothing but Chiefs. That could go really bad for you. You could have no number one starters. Okay. Diversify your team across teams and positions. All right. Don't get your handcuffs. Get your opponent's handcuffs. Don't get your uh, wide receiver further down your depth chart. Get the good wide receiver further down your opponent's wide receiver one's depth chart, okay? Spread it out. You want as many options that are going to be untouched by any breakout as possible because when 
when an infection hits a team, it's going to hit them in mass. I'm pretty sure we've seen that already. Remember the Bills like sent home all the rookies and then uh, a bunch of uh, the, 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 the Lions recently were ha- had it. So you're going to see this in little bursts within teams. And there's going to be a number of other players caught in that radius, caught in that burst, who hopefully don't have it. But look, if it's Saturday that they test positive, the one player, they're not going to have time before game day to clear everyone. This is reality, all right? Just trying to tell you this is reality. Prepare for it smartly, intelligently, and you can be in a better position to adapt, all right? Basically, what I was trying to say, this is a good team to get the backups on. Edmonds, Eno Benjamin, uh, both, I think, good, solid backs. And it'll be interesting to see how Kenyon Drake does because I think if he falters a little bit, they can easily fall back into a committee. These are three very similar running backs. We've seen this for a little while now, the Cardinals. It's like they just have all the same back. Usually teams have like the the receiving an all-around guy and a grinder. No, this is just three guys that are all the same. They can all catch decently. They all, none none of them are big pounders. They're just these all-around backs. Um, Go ahead, get these guys as your cheap uh, handcuffs for your opponent. Atlanta Falcons. So yeah, they're going to pass a lot again. However, I don't think as much as they did last year. Last year, their defense really had a lot of injuries. They've actually got some good players on that defense, but like half of them got injured last year. They drafted nothing but defense well, practically this year. All right, they're all in on that. They got Todd Gurley, who's I think a little bit better run it out kind of grinder running back than you know Freeman was, clearly. So I think... We're going to see a little bit more balanced offense. I mean, I still have 620 pass attempts for Matt Ryan, but that's not going to be in the upper 600s, okay? That's all I'm saying. Uh, Quarterback 12 for Matt Ryan. He's going to have great weeks, some not-so-great weeks, especially if they do like I'm saying. Julio Jones, wide receiver 3. Yeah, he does it every year, which is why Calvin Ridley... As much as I like him, I have a wide receiver 16. That's a lot of points, 221 fantasy points. The problem is just he, he look, he gets 128 targets, which is what he was on track for last year. But I don't have him quite breaking 100, uh, 1,000 yards. He still has the touchdowns. It's just he doesn't have quite enough oomph to him to get him into the top 12. I know a lot of people are high on this being, you know, the next team to have two top 12 wide receivers. I just don't quite see it if, you know, the volume for the whole offense ticks down. A lot of people are high on Hayden Hurst. I would beware him. I can easily see him putting up um, 2018 Austin Hooper numbers, but not 2019 Austin Hooper numbers. I think he could be a good back. I've been a little hard on him. Uh, you know, joking about how he's old and so on. I have him as a tight end 12. It's going to be okay, but just don't overpay for him. Todd Gurley, we talked about him already. He could do, he could, he could be really good. It 
could also be bad. Um, my pick for backup is Brian Hill. You win, Josh Crocker. Jeez. I do like Quadri Allison. He showed some things last year as being especially a true like grinder goal line back, but all-around replacement for Todd Gurley, I think it's Brian Hill. And I know that people want to talk about Russell Gage being like the third wide receiver again. I'm I'm really kind of questioning whether they kind of dial things back. So I'm not sure a third wide receiver is going to be interesting or maybe they're not even going to run three wide. Okay, so it's really just the two guys. There's not going to be a third around like when Sanu was there. Moving on to Baltimore. Here's the thing. So uh, Lamar Jackson, when you finish your rankings and he's not your number one or not even your number two quarterback, you start to question your sanity. However, I just don't think he's going to be able to run as much. And so that drops it a lot. And also... Yeah, I'm not sure he can keep up that efficiency. And so that drops too. Quarterback three is still really good. He still has that ceiling. I would still be drafting him as my probably second quarterback. Um, I'm not scared. Look, the whole running quarterback gets injured faster. Eh, not so much. I mean, last year Lamar Jackson was fine and Mahomes wasn't, right? You can get just as many injuries, sometimes more serious injuries, staying in the pocket. So I'm not fading that. I'm just saying his efficiency is going down a little bit, uh, but he's still really, really good and still has that high ceiling. Marquise Brown. I actually like this guy and I wanted to try and get him higher. I just have difficulty getting him the volume he needs to do that. I probably could, and I'm going to go through some of these teams. I already have some. This is one I kind of I maybe missed. I could tune up his yardage a little bit because he does have those big plays, but I think he's still going to be around the wide receiver 30s. I'm 36 now, probably not going to get above 30 just because week-to-week consistency is not there. If you like that, if you like that burst, and sometimes I do on some kind of uh, you know league formats or build for my team, I like it. But just did I wouldn't count him on it as anything more than my wide receiver three. Mark Andrews, he's my tight end four because as much as I think he has a ceiling to get more work, uh, I, his touchdowns come down along with Lamar Jackson's. Okay, so it's it's not going to be like eleven again. I have him as eight. I think I'm for more work than he actually had last year, just barely. Uh, but anyway, it's it's because I have Lamar Jackson throwing more, by the way. So uh, his target share, technically, I have it going down. I just noticed that. But it's it's more targets, okay? It's just more volume here. Still top four. He's in that top group. Mark Ingram, I like him. He's my running back 24. I'm not going to fade him entirely. But you just got to be aware that J.K. Dobbins, especially towards the end of the season, could end up taking over the train here. I recently was able to pair them together in a best ball. I really like that. Maybe that's an option if you get them both cheap enough. I did. I got Ingram fifth, Dobbins eighth. It was worth it to me to do that, to basically lock in a top 20 
you know, running back finish every single week. I feel like that's probably what's going to come out of this team. That's it for Buffalo. That's it for Buffalo. No, that was it for Baltimore. I'm going to Buffalo. The Bills, Josh Allen, quarterback seven. He just, he gets a lot of, you know, points with that rushing floor, the touchdowns, particularly the touchdowns. I only have him for seven when actually he's done eight or more every season. I think he's going to have to focus more on passing the ball, basically. And he's bad at that, but he's still an NFL-worthy quarterback. I have Stefan Diggs at wide receiver 31. Again, like somebody has to be wide receiver 31. That's still 180 uh, PPR. John Brown, 125. I think these guys, I think they could be very valuable. They could do, do better than this. However, Dawson Knox, I don't have him really making the leap yet this year. There's just not enough volume there for him to do it too, especially now that Diggs is here. If Diggs wasn't there, I could see it much more easily. Running backs, Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, who's it going to be? The answer is yes, and never the one you want. So I, I, I'm just staying away from these guys. I just don't, it's not worth the hassle. The, the points, the return in points isn't even worth dealing with it. I mean, even if you pick right, it's like, okay, congratulations. Zach Moss would literally have to take over all the work to actually return any real value. Uh, I have Singletary in the receiving role, and I'm pretty much splitting the rushing work pretty evenly with Moss getting more of that goal line work, more touchdowns. So when it's all said and done, it it balances out. You got Singletary with 147, Moss with 111. That's RB35 and 49. I don't want these guys. Moving on. Now, speaking of somebody you want, Carolina, it's Christian McCaffrey running back one. Some people want to fade him because they're under this misguided idea that because um, running back ones don't repeat in the last, I don't know, 15 years. What was it? Priest Holmes, the last one to do it. I don't know. That just because of that anecdotal stat, whatever, that the odds are against him doing it again. Um, well, yeah, of course the odds are against him doing it, but if you have to pick one to do it, it's Christian McCaffrey. I, I like Saquon Barkley, but he doesn't get the all-around just massive volume that McCaffrey gets. If McCaffrey stays healthy, he's the running back one. This offense is only going to improve. Um, McCaffrey could get more rushing touchdown and actually could improve in receiving touchdowns. The Panthers were extremely anemic in passing touchdowns last year. They could easily go back to where they had been. I think they finished with like 16, but historically they were around around the like 20, 22 range. If they just go up to 22, three of those are probably McCaffrey. That that six increase is three of them are probably McCaffrey's. Okay. Uh, also, DJ Moore probably taking some of the others. I have him for a lot of volume coming at him. Teddy Bridgewater, quarterback 27. He doesn't have to be great though. I mean, he can be, he can just be, you know, Eli Manning. He could just be uh, Derek Carr, just dishing it out, getting it to the guys who need 
the ball, and these are all playmakers. He doesn't have to throw the amazing pass. He just needs to get them the ball. Curtis Samuel, I don't know, 135, wide receiver, 52. It's possible he could do something. Uh, Robbie Anderson, right about the same. Ian Thomas, I don't see him kind of breaking out like we maybe hope. I put him in that same bucket with Dawson Knox that I like him. Maybe it's next year. I don't know. I just know that uh, the the new offensive coordinator, if you go back to uh, college, you know, Joe Burrow, it was his offensive coordinator. And it didn't seem like the tight end was that involved, even though he was supposedly a pretty good one. And so I I don't know how friendly it's going to be for him. That's just a small factor. That's not the end all of the discussion. I just don't think, uh, look, vacated targets isn't, isn't a thing. However, a priority of targets is. And my philosophy when it comes to, and maybe some of the reason I've been able to pick out t- tight ends that, that do break out is because what I do is I, look, I do look at depth charts. So you look at a depth chart for a tight end and you say, how many wide receivers um, are as good or have as much command or demand of targets as the tight end? As much or more. In this case, it's DJ Moore has more claim to more targets. Curtis Samuel has more claim. And Robbie Anderson has more claim. And Christian McCaffrey has more claim, which means Ian Thomas is fifth down the list in that idea of, of, of like target command. Okay. But you go to a team, well, we'll get there in a little while here. Detroit, Hawkinson's like two or three down the list, which is why I have him higher than someone like Fant, who I think he'll be like three or four down the list. You get the idea. This is how you spot. This is how I spot Kittle. It wasn't just his talent. It was also, look, there's like one guy and then it's Kittle. Why not? Okay. These are the situations you want to find. Even on uh, even on Atlanta, he was like third. So the, again, these is what you want to do. Look at the team. Wide receivers uh, that are equivalent talent level are always going to get the the targets over the tight end. Just raw volume, market, uh, market share kind of targets. Um, yes, tight ends tend to get them in the red zone, touchdowns, all that. I'm just talking about targets. And it's just not there for Ian Thomas. Okay? Simple as that. Chicago. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's going to play. I gave Mitch Trubisky 12 games, Nick Foles 4. It's not good. It's just not pretty. However, here's the thing. Allen Robinson doesn't care. He really doesn't care. If it's Nick Foles, all the better, probably. But he did it already last year with Mitch Trubisky. Why Why can't he do it again? Plus, it was a harder schedule last year. I know I don't like looking at strengths of schedules in general, but if you're going to do it, you go to Warren Sharp and you look at how they do it. And they really go a lot more in depth. And the... Bears have a really easy pass defense schedule coming up, um, if not the easiest. So I think Robinson going to repeat. I have Allen Robinson as my wide receiver six. Yes, wide receiver six, 238 points. When it comes to the running backs, 
I don't mind David Montgomery as a pretty, you know, solid running back three who could break into the twos. I have him as running back 26, 178 points. Terry Cohen's not behind because of his receiving work. He's practically the wide receiver three. Um, It doesn't bother me. They don't really get in each other's way. They can easily look. It's easy to look at last year and be like, oh, they were terrible. They'll both. I think they'll both be better than last year. So if you can uh, cash in on that perception from last year's bad performance and and them not meeting expectations last year, go ahead and, and buy them in the post-hype, right? This is a post-hype. Again, the David Montgomery, uh, maybe uh, fifth round at the earliest kind of thing, but you can get him there. Fifth, sixth, seventh, you can get him, okay? Uh, Jimmy Graham went there, so he's going to get some work. Um, in Dynasty, I, I want to point out Cole Komet. We, we, I I kind of glossed over him in the Dynasty, the rookies. He was my tight end two rookie. Adam Troutman kind of overshadowed him. He's in a unique position there, he, however, where he's from Chicago. He's been there. He's been more involved than a lot of other rookies let alone rookie tight ends and I think he actually comes in a pretty all well prepared prospect from from what I understand he could actually be better than than you think and he's going completely unforgot like completely missed so he could be a value this is going to be helpful in redraft or anything unless I suppose Graham gets injured but Cole Komet eh, not the worst I mean, this is the kind of guy that we could look back in a couple of years here that this was the tight end we should have been getting cheap. I, why can't he be solid? I have no nothing against him being good. I like Troutman, but Komet can be good too. Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Joe Burrow. I actually have him as my quarterback. Nineteen. I think he's gonna be he's gonna be good. Uh, about as good as we've seen. Rookie quarterback B. I might have him for too much, too many touchdowns, but uh, yeah, twenty six. I think the record was twenty five by Baker, right? Anyway, he might break that even. AJ Green, um, he's still around. He's still really good. However, and look, I do. This is the perfect player to bring this up with. I do project games played. Yeah, I know. I know it's a touchy subject. I don't like to think of it as I'm projecting uh, to, to get injured. I'm just saying this is what they've done on average. I have a pretty consistent way of doing this. I don't just take their average. Um, I basically look at their past few seasons and look at how and why they missed and how they missed the games. Not so much how many they missed because... I mean, injuries happen at different time of the season and affect different, you know, ranges of weeks depending on when it happened. So it's not always fair to look at just games missed. So I'm not just taking an average there. I look at the average first, but then I consider, you know, what it's been. And so, you know, John Ross, I have him only for eight games. There's a lot of receivers with missed games on this team. AJ Green, I have him for 12. So basically, if uh, if you've gotten through the last couple of seasons completely clean, 16 games, I give you 16. 
Okay, this is for like everybody. Uh, if you've just had some injuries and missed games here and there, particularly running backs, most running backs get 15. Okay, if you have a chronic issue, you're gonna I'm gonna get you down to 14. If it's more serious, 12. I don't generally do less than 12. John Ross is is a special case. Eight. AJ Green, 12. Uh, I have John Tyler Boyd. I have him as my wide receiver, 28, finishing with the most points for receivers on this team. Again, possibly just because of, of uh, yeah, AJ Green scoring more per game. So he could be a value if you're going to go for that kind of build where it's like, hey, when I have him, I know I'm going to have him and he's going to score points. When he's injured, I'll stick him on IR and put somebody else in, but at least he's going to produce when you start him. That is a way to go about it. I've tried that before with some success. Depends on, again, your team, roster size, things like that. Per game, AJ Green. For the season, Tyler Boyd. Joe Mixon. Projected as my running back 12. I have him higher than that because, again, range of outcome is top five. That's where his usage at the end of the year last year, again, last year, new coach. Now, new quarterback. Possibly, I think, better, at least for the offense, than Dalton, Joe Burrow. That could be good for Mixon. All right? Nothing to see here for tight ends. Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, I th- he does bounce back a little bit. I think he'll be okay. The yardage um, is not going to be there. Passing yards, just almost 4,200 yards, 23 touchdowns. I think we see the whole passing offense dialed back. Increased efficiency for Mayfield. Uh, better, you know, less interception. Uh, he still has a lot of interceptions. Either way, better than last year, but the overall receiving game passing game is going to take a hit so it's going to be rather unpopular but i have jarvis landry as my wide receiver 17 218 points and beckham is my wide receiver 26 26 198 points on 14 games um not popular i'm aware oh by the way you go to the rankings tab in the spreadsheet there is a column or two two columns in there for PPR and your custom scoring for a 16-game pace. All right, so if you don't like the fact... See, I gave, I gave you options here. If you don't like the fact I'm projecting games, go look up that, and you can even sort by it, right, and see, okay, what is this player going to score for an entire 16 games? Go ahead, check it out. Austin Hooper, tight end nine. I think you could do even better than that, but he's a solid player. He's a really good tight end, guys. He's he's good. I, I He is. I'm trying to tell you. That, I don't know. People don't want to believe me. He's good. He's been good. He also is 25-year-old with the biggest tight end contract in the league. So, uh, and, and he's, he's now on a team who, who signed him. And the coach, Stefanski, is was giving like 90-plus targets to tight ends every year in Minnesota. 
while dialing back the overall volume of the passing game to wide receivers again by the way yes while increasing the we're emphasizing the running game so i think nick chubb's gonna be fine running back seven that's maybe a little bit closer to the, his his upper range of expectation but he could easily do this um i mean if hunt goes down he could be top five if hunt sticks around he could just stay involved in the passing game more so. They can both play at the same time. I think they can both survive here, particularly if the running game is expanded and, and um, emphasized more than the passing game was last year. So we can't just look at the second half of the season last year and Chubb and Hunt. This is a new coach, and he saw what happened last year too. I think he's going to let Chubb be the number one. I think Hunt is going to get used a lot as a receiver. Again, kind of the third receiver. I think we have a better version of Chicago pairing here where Chubb is way better than Montgomery and Hunt can do what Tariq Cohen does. Okay? So, yeah, we did all that. Dallas. They're... Another another year of, of just high-octane offense coming, especially with the addition of Lamb. I don't see him slowing down. It's also become even more concentrated, and we like concentrated. So Dak Prescott, quarterback five. I think that's, you know, he's a top five guy. Okay, simple as that. Amari Cooper, I have him as my wide receiver eight in projection here. I think in my draft ranks, he's down at 14 because it's so volatile. I just don't, yeah, it's so volatile. But Michael Gallup has my wide receiver 27 above names you would not expect. He's really good. He only had 0.2, again, 0.2 points per game less than Amari Cooper last year. He missed a couple games last year. And so... I think, again, he gets in here. Now he's got C.D. Lamb, who's also taking attention. I see another really good year for Michael Gallup. He's a good receiver. I'm not saying C.D. Lamb's not going to do anything either. 83 targets? That's pretty solid for a rookie. 609 yards. He's going to be involved and productive. Just not one of these explosive ones. Uh, I'm not saying he can't be explosive. I just think... There's a lot of good re receivers here. Ezekiel Elliott, my running back uh, four on here. I think he's three in my rank draft ranks. And then Tony Pollard, I have him as running back 38. He, I think, has independent value because, uh, let's see, Blake Jarwin here, tight end 10. Yeah, 80 targets, 60 receptions, 553 yards. He can easily do that, but if he doesn't, I think if, if he can't support that, I think that work's going to go either towards the receivers, which could be good for Lamb. If Lamb is good enough, again, what we said before, if Lamb is good enough, he'll take the work from Jarwin. But if Jarwin's not good enough, Tony Pollard could get some work too, so he could be independently useful apart from Ezekiel Elliott. And then, of course, he's 
a handcuff, but this is one of those cases where he's a handcuff plus. He's not just a handcuff. Denver Broncos. So I'm not really a huge Drew Locke fan. Um, yeah, John Hoke tried to, you know, convince me. And so I'm a little more optimistic on him. I think he's good enough to do, you know, to get the ball out there. He can be a Derek Carr kind of level guy. But I have Cortland Sutton just under 200 points. Uh, there's just not enough volume to get him up there, especially with the other the other targets. Uh, that's I'm not trying to say that Jerry Judy's taking a bunch of work from him. I, I'm not. I have him for 84 targets. That's good work for again for a rookie. Noah Fant, 72, tight end 13. Again, it's just too many other uh, viable receivers, both wide receivers and running backs, who are going to command targets. Melvin Gordon has my running back 10. I'm high on him. They didn't like, look, there was comments about how Royce Freeman just couldn't run the offense, couldn't do what they wanted to do. And so Philip Lindsay could. However, Philip Lindsay couldn't do the receiving they wanted him to do, but Royce Freeman could, ironically. And so they were completely backwards of what you would normally expect, where Philip Lindsay, the small fast guy, was not the was not as good of receiving per you know target. Uh, Royce Freeman was, but Royce Freeman, the bigger guy, so he's getting the targets, but he can't do the rushing work that Lindsay was getting. It's completely backwards. It's also why they sound melvin gordon because he's the perfect blending of the two he's the perfect solution to that problem for coach sherman who loves to use a single running back and throw him the ball and just use him in all parts of the game melvin gordon he's not dead he's not dead yet guys he just got his second contract i mean we think about these other running backs who are about to get to that point and we're talking about them as like top backs. That's like a year away, guys. Okay. I didn't like him last year. Yeah, because I saw the drop in the value coming. But that doesn't mean he's bad. Running back 10, 234 points. Yeah. Go get him cheap. Detroit Lions. Uh, we mentioned it earlier. Matthew Stafford, quarterback 13. And I think he could easily beat that, uh, particularly if Kenny Galladay is half as good as I think he's going to be. I have my wide receiver 15. However, the yardage here, I think I might have it too low. Stafford was very aggressive last year, very um, down the field focused, which is going to result in higher yards. Uh, Kenny Galladay also has had double-digit touchdowns last couple of years. I only have them for nine. So there's a lot of ways that these guys could still be better than what I have. Again, reasonable expectation. I'm saying these guys can do this easily and still be this good wide receiver 15. Marvin Jones, always a value. No matter when, no matter where, no matter what year, always a value. Great late round kind of zero wide receiver guy. Go ahead and grab him. TJ Hawkinson, I have him here as only like T tight end 18. You know, so I was talking him up earlier, but man, it's just, again, a lot of work is going to go to Galladay and Marvin Jones. He's the third option at best, um, but 
there's definitely room for him. It's not far from tight end 18 to tight end 10. I can look up the points later, but I think it's no more than 20 points. Okay, it doesn't take much at all to get into the top end, uh, top 12 of tight end from from here. Still, in Dynasty, I think a value, he's worth the cost. In Redraft, he's probably going right about, there's enough hype for him. I don't get him a lot in Redraft. Running backs, Swift and carry on. I actually think Swift could be pretty good. I think he takes over the majority role there. Uh, carry on can be a little bit more specialist. Uh, yeah, I think Swift is a really good running back, and I surprised myself with this projection with him over 200 points, running back 19. You'll notice in my draft ranks, I don't actually even have him that high. There's just too much uncertainty there, especially early season, for me to spend, you know, the equivalent ADP for running back 19. Especially, I'm pretty sure you can get him closer to running back like 30. So I I take him down there. Um, not much else to say here. In Dynasty, I like Quintez Cephas. Interested to see how he does. Could be a perfect kind of pairing with Galladay, replacement for Marvin Jones in the future. Green Bay. Um, I, I've kind of badmouthed Aaron Rodgers a little bit, but he does my quarterback 11, which flies in the face of my own projection that he wouldn't finish as a top 12. But hey, it's not far. He could fall easy. Devonta Adams, wide receiver, two, because he gets targets because there's not much of anyone else. If I had to pick someone else, it would be Alan Lazard. Just because it seemed like Rodgers liked him, and apparently that's really that's really what matters, and that's what it takes. Sternberger, tight end 21. Again, it's not far. He's got like nine less points than Hawkinson. Okay, not far. It could end up being Sternberger, who is this you know second receiving option instead of one of the receivers. Um, Aaron Jones and this running game, I'm afraid it's going to get spread out a lot. I think that's what Fleur wants to do. I just don't like this offense and where they're headed in general, which is why part of the why I was down on Rodgers. But, so I would say beware Aaron Rodgers, I mean Aaron Jones, sorry, too many Aarons on Green Bay. Beware Aaron Jones in the top 12 running backs. I'm not paying that for him. I think he could do that. And I know he would, I know where he finished last year. I don't care. Uh, I still gave him a good number of rushing and even receiving touchdowns. I think 11 in total, not 19, 11. It's still pretty good. I'm just afraid of where they're going with this whole offense. We have been on fire. All right, guys, we are flying through these teams now, and we're to Houston. Here's the thing about Houston. Uh, I know Hopkins left, but I know I was talking earlier about how good wide receivers can still be good, even with bad quarterbacks. Well, I think good quarterbacks can still be good, even with bad wide receivers. Or in this case, very good, but maybe... Often injured, volatile, 
it may not be as quite as consistent and and there none of them are DeAndre Hopkins. We saw what Watson could do with a number one and what he could provide that number one. Here's the thing, the Houston Texans defense is gonna kinda suck. It's gonna be bad. I am projecting Watson to be running around a lot again. So that kind of gives them that same 90 rushing attempt, 550 yard floor, maybe some touchdowns in there. And then he's just going to be doing his normal thing where he's throwing the ball a lot. I actually, look, when you've got a lot of good receivers, yeah, maybe none, not one of them is going to really stand out. But I think he's got a lot of players here to produce. He's, okay, um, this is my way of trying to convince you of my quarterback two projection. Yeah, this is the guy who slipped in above Lamar Jackson. And it's for all the reasons I said. It's just a lot of volume. Picture uh, a situation like the Falcons had last year with their bad defense and throwing a ton. Picture that combined with Watson uh, his throwing ability and his running ability. Okay, that's what I got here. So I only have 550 pass attempts, but remember, also 90 rush attempts. There's a lot of plays going on here. Part of that may be that David Johnson, I mean, if he can really be a true workhorse running back, that might take some of the load off of Watson, and he won't hit that. You know, he won't hit what I'm thinking. But I think David Johnson is going to have to be managed. He's going to be involved in the passing game too. Duke Johnson, that's what he does too. Uh, Man, they got Cooks, Fuller, Randall Cobb is productive. Kenny still is productive. I think Kiki Kuti could still do some things in the slot. They've just got a lot of players that add up receiving yards, add up numbers. I don't know if there's anyone you want. I will say this. If people are talking about Will Fuller maybe being like a number one on the team. How we're going to get to Pittsburgh eventually. Eventually. How can we see Pittsburgh as, and Juju Smith-Schuster struggling as the number one, but you think Will Fuller is going to be able to do it? Look, Will Fuller did what he did with Hopkins there. I don't think he can do it again. He still can have explosive games. He still can be a good back. I mean, a good receiver. But I'm just trying to say I don't think he's going to be the number one. As long as Cooks is healthy, I think he's the number one. And he is just as cheap as Fuller. I would be buying Cooks instead. Uh, Dynasty, Kahale, Warring, tight end. Got to know. Got to keep an eye on. A guy to stash. He is the athletic guy. Most comparable like, if we were going to pick a player who, who did this whole uh, whole thing where he's a good athlete, but he his first season was kind of just a, a nothing. Now, Kittle showed at the very end of that season, but Warring completely missed, basically, his first season. So we've got a redshirt rookie season this year. Plus, he's a very raw player. He only played senior year of high school. He was still learning basic football concepts in college. That gave, I think that's, honestly, he had a concussion for the season last year. And I think, uh, hopefully it wasn't too bad. 
that it made him miss the whole season, right? That would be pretty bad. I think they just took the opportunity to IR him, let him develop, and we may see the fruits. And there have been some some whispers, some rumors here, uh, maybe not rumors, but just you know reports here and there that he's really looking good and they're looking forward to using him. I think he could come out as the top tight end on the team by the end of the season. Minneapolis Colts, Phillip Rivers is here. Um, I wouldn't be looking for a ton of points or fantasy production from Phillip Rivers himself, but he is good enough to get the ball to the players. So T.Y. Holden can have this, you know, wide receiver two kind of season. Michael Pittman could surprise as a rookie. I'm really high on Paris Campbell at his cost which is very, very cheap, but he could be, he is just the right kind of receiver to be a mini Keenan Allen, basically. So keep an eye out on that. And Zach Pascal is always, always underpriced. For tight ends, it's a bit of a mess. I am not trusting Jack Doyle at his price at all. I would rather get Trey Burton later in case he takes over more of the receiving kind of role. Otherwise, Moali Cox has high touchdown upside. We talked about these running backs a bit earlier about how there's just a lot of them doing a lot of work. Jonathan Taylor, running back 22, and he could he could easily explode and, and you know, blow that out by, I mean, he could be the 12. Um, depends on how much he gets involved in the passing game, and how much of the you know the share of rush attempts he demands. I really think Taylor could be a league winner by the time you get towards the end of the season. I am not investing in Marlon Mack. I know he's been a, a zero running back target for some people. I think that is a losing proposition. It might help you for a couple weeks, but after that, it's never going to be what you want and you're never going to know when to start him and then eventually Taylor's just going to take over Jacksonville Jaguars I like Gardner Minshew guys and you should too he put up efficiency and just production on par with Kyler Murray last year somehow Kyler Murray is up at quarterback four but Gardner Mishu is being considered as maybe being replaced. What? He's my quarterback, 16. I think he has a lot of high upside. That defense is not the same old Jacksonville defense anymore. So again, we could get into a situation here where Gardner Minshew has to, you know, shoulder a lot more of uh, the, the work in this offense. I see DJ Chark is still being, you know, wide receiver 25. Westbrook's going to be, you know, around. LaVisca Chenault is a pretty good uh, a pretty good rookie I like. I mean, I think he was maybe wide receiver. I'm going off memory now, guys. Seven, eight for me, something like that. Uh, Leonard Fournette is a bit of a buy low, I think. Running back 15. He gets a lot of volume. He's not going to get that same passing volume, but he could, probably not, but he could, but he always gets the rushing volume. 
This whole offense just needs to improve a little bit to get Fournette a few more touchdowns to uh, make him a low-end running back one again. Easy, easily could happen. Go ahead and buy him even. I think he's a good buy in Dynasty uh, because he's going to go somewhere. He's going to land somewhere next year. And much like uh, Melvin Gordon, right, he's landing with a team I think really wants to use him. Fournette could land somewhere with somebody who really wants to use him next year. I mean, imagine Leonard Fournette on the Steelers, okay? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. In Dynasty, he's a buy. And at, in redraft ADP, I think he's a value. No one else here I'm going to be worried about. Stop talking about Chris Thompson taking value away from Fournette. Come on. Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, my number one quarterback. He's just consistent, of course, when he's playing and efficient. Uh, not as much volume, maybe, as we've seen or we would like, but it doesn't matter. The production still comes. Tyreek Hill, wide receiver five. But after that, it drops off. I have Sammy Watkins and Michael Hardman run around wide receiver 60s, 50. I think they could actually, I like Hardman. He, some places he's being overvalued, but sometimes he gets, he slips through the cracks and you can get him at a value. Especially again, deeper lineup, starting lineups. I would love him as my, like my wide receiver four, because he can just explode and, you know, score as many points as two of your starting wide receivers. And if he doesn't, he's your fourth guy. Hopefully the other ones compensate. Travis Kelsey, tight end one, not ready to give that up yet. Um, he's just the guy here. Ricky Seals-Jones is the name you want to know in case Kelsey misses time. Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, I know you want me to talk about it. Look, I really liked Damian Williams this year as a cheap guy. Not because I thought, you know, Clyde Edwards wasn't going to get work, just... I thought it was going to be a mix, and I thought Williams was good enough to at least initially keep the work. I gave Clyde Edwards Alaire the same kind of receiving work that Kareem Hunt got his rookie season. The fact that Kareem Hunt has done it is what is boosting Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Uh I'm just going to call him Clyde from now on. It's what's boosting Clyde's value. Some people were like, oh, would we be boosting um hunt this much if if he was in Clyde's position well yeah we would be if there was another rookie just three years ago who did what Kareem Hunt did so because of that that helps reinforce the idea that Clyde can do it now I gave him the same receiving work but he's not the same running back on the ground as Kareem Hunt so I did not give him the same rush attempt work plus there's a few other good kind of rushing running backs on this team between DeAndre, DeAndre, not Dwayne, DeAndre Washington came from the Raiders, okay? Not Dwayne who came from the Lions, went to the Saints. This is DeAndre Washington. And then Daryl Williams is still there too. So between the two of them, I think they're going to get a decent amount of, I mean, not anyone, not anything you want, but they're just going to accumulate rush attempts away from Clyde. 
And I think it's a good thing for Clyde. It's going to keep him fresh. He's a rookie. Uh, you want him in the passing game. That's where he's going to make his points. You hope Clyde, look, as I've said many times, Clyde esteems to be Austin Eckler. He isn't quite, but he could be close. Speaking of Austin Eckler, the Chargers. I don't think Tyler, uh, Tyrod Taylor or Justin Herbert are going to be too big of an impediment to Austin Eckler. Now, neither of them are going to be great, but I think combined they're going to do enough, 3,600 yards or so. They're going to do enough to get the ball out there uh, that it doesn't matter if the volume for this offense goes down. The players are still good. Keenan Allen, wide receiver 14 in my projections. Yes. Over 220 points. He's good, guys. He, in 2018, uh, the the Rivers only threw the ball like 514, 518 times or something like that. It was a weird season for them. And Keenan Allen still had like 120 targets and 78 receptions or something. So, look, I have him for 128 for 83, 1,058 yards, six touchdowns. I think he can do that. Absolutely. I also like Mike Williams, though, because I think, look, I kind of call them boomerang players, the players that I come around on. Um, I wasn't a big Mike Williams fan, particularly year one, uh, and then year two with all the touchdowns, and then year, so I, I like Mike Williams this year. I see him going forward as being a good NFL receiver. if He can stay healthy, but he's done that. So I'm good with it. Hunter Henry. I fear he's not going to do as well as we hope. So just, you know, keep an eye on that. But I wouldn't put a lot of faith or I wouldn't invest high pick on Hunter Henry. There's better there's better high-end tight ends you can go after or better, cheaper ones you can wait on. We'll get to them. Austin Eckler, I already previewed it, have him scoring just like a tiny bit more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And I was very conservative on this volume estimate for Eckler. He can easily exceed this volume. I did not give his 165 rush attempts and 63 targets. Um, As Scott Barrett said in a tweet, that's better than 250 carries. And it is, and this is my idea of weighted opportunities. That's just better, more fantasy relevant, and also just, I think, even the NFL relevant. That's what we need to come to grips with is the fantasy points is actually pretty good proxies for just being good, even real football. So Austin Eckler running back eight. Still like him. He could even beat that, like I was talking about with the uh, fantasy points per weighted opportunity at his, you know, historic points per an opportunity, he could be even better than what I have him for. The Rams, Jared Goff. Quarterback 25. I know some people are high on him and saying he's a great late-round quarterback. He's late-round. That's that's true. Um, 
I fear he's a lot more similar to his first season or two than he is his past season and a half. And we may have seen some of that last season. So we'll we'll see how it goes. This offense may be changing a little bit too. Um, he does have upside to be better than this, but I don't think much better than quarterback 20. He's an okay quarterback two in super flex. That's about it. Receivers, I have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods right back to back because that's just how it seems to go. But Cup gets the touchdowns, even if Woods gets a little more volume. I'm not that interested in Josh Reynolds. He's interesting at a good price, but he's not good enough to demand more work. And this offense may be going more to tight end rushing you know, kind of set like they were actually second half of last season. And that would eliminate some of the work, some of the snaps for Josh Reynolds. Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett. I have Higby as tight end 14, Everett is 28. How much different is that? Well, Higby 120 points, Everett 82. That's less than 40 points difference. That's, this is like, Five receptions and two touchdowns, okay? It's not much. That's swing. I'm saying that doesn't add up to 40 points if you're thinking that. But you transfer those to the other guy, and suddenly Everett is scoring more than Higby. Cam Akers for running back. Look, I've talked about it many times before. If Daryl Henderson or uh, Joe Kelly were the answer, they wouldn't have continued to draft running backs at, at more and more expensive running backs at that cam Akers, i think he's going to be far and away better than everyone else and he is going to be i have him as running back 21 190 points something i meant to mention at the beginning <laughs> oh well i'm gonna take a little bit of time and effort to put in the show notes in the in the podcast notes kind of the times of each of these teams time stamps so if you want to go back or listen or whatever you'll be able to find it just go look at the show notes you'll find them there las vegas raiders uh i don't think Derek carr is all that bad which is kind of funny because earlier when I was talking about quarterbacks that were just okay, I was comparing them to Derek Carr. But we've actually seen Derek Carr support fantasy productive, relevant top wide receivers. We've seen him put up good personal seasons of like 32 touchdowns, um, 28 touchdowns. We've seen him do some things when he had good weapons. He hasn't had any good weapons lately. I think... The truth is somewhere in between. Uh, so I actually think even though there's not a single receiver here that's going to really jump into wide receiver three or better consistently um, numbers, that doesn't mean that this team can't be good. So both Williams, Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Hunter Renfro, all I have them all for like 500 to 700 yards, uh, 60 to 90 receptions. I mean, targets, they're all in similar range. 
Henry Ruggs I have as the best scoring one, probably just because it's going to be they're going to be focusing on him some. I think he can actually work all right in that offense. More of a I think fast slants than like deep posts. However, I also really love Brian Edwards. There's been a little bit of hype of him lately. I think he could actually end up be being like the go-to guy for Carr. Carr recently, what spawned the hype was he compared him to Vonta Adams, which some people thought was a little odd until you realize Devonta Adams was actually Derek Carr's college wide receiver. Um, yeah, that's how long Carr's actually been in the NFL. I really like Edwards in Dynasty, and then he could even be a stash, um, probably someone you'll pick up in season in redraft. Darren Waller, look, it's not a fluke when you do what he did last year. Okay, what, 100 receptions? I think he's going to come down a little bit, but I don't think he's going to fall completely out of the top five. I have him as tight end five, 61 receptions, 600-something yards, five touchdowns. He He's still going to be involved. He is a good tight end, receiving tight end. He commands work. You know who he probably commands work away from? Josh Jacobs. He only had like 27 targets last year. I, I boosted him up. I gave him 38 targets this year. But it's still not enough. He's right around just 211 points, running back 17. Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, these are the two guys I'm being wary of inside the top 12. I will happily take them later, but they're usually gone. So I usually just don't get them. I am very fearful for Josh Jacobs' fantasy relevance if he doesn't get the targets. I have him for, five, uh, I have him for 255 Rush attempts, over a thousand, like eleven hundred yards, eight touchdowns, and you're thinking to yourself, "But Josh, that should be enough to get him up there, right?" It's not. It's really not. It's just how it works for fantasy and PPR. Really good. Hey, standard league. Oh, oh goodness, I did it. It's not standard. Non PPR. In a non PPR league, probably top ten. I agree. Running back 10, go for it. Not in a PPR league. It's just not. Miami. Uh, quarterbacks are a mess here too. I think Fitzpatrick could and likely will play most of the season if he actually gets them in some kind of contention in the division. He could continue playing and we may not even see Tua this season. But if... If they don't, we probably are going to see two. I have them for like six games. Um, Parker can be good again. Maybe not quite as good, but I have him wide receiver 30, 128 targets, 77 receptions. He could be even better than this. Here's the thing. Alan Hearns and uh, Albert Wilson opted out. And so, so they're not going to be there. So that bumps up Jakeem Grant. Kind of a speedy guy. I think often underrated. Really like him. Um, Mike Kosicki, as much as I am a little bit wary and down on him because of so many bad numbers when it comes to 
efficiency, yards after catch, just a lot of really, a lot of warning signs for Mike Kosicki that he, he and his athleticism should have been able to overcome, right? It just doesn't match up. But even said, he can still get work, 400 yards, 48 reception. Um, and we talked a little bit about the running backs already, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida. I would lean Matt Breida, particularly if I can draft him after Jordan Howard gets taken by somebody else. I'm going to swing back to Preston Williams. He was cleared to play. Still think they'll go a little easy on him. I actually, uh, let's see, I I projected him for 14 games, wide receiver 50. So I think he's going to be relevant by the time we get later into the season. And then, uh, of course, in Dynasty, I think he's a future top, uh, at least a wide receiver three, if not two can really grow in there with with Tua. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, very often underrated. Had him quarterback 20. So, like, remember I was talking about before with uh, Goff, right, Jared Goff. I'd take Cousins over Goff because Cousins has the same, you know, upside. He could do better, but he just is better. Adam Thielen, he's the man there. Wide receiver 12 again this season. That's where I got him, even on just 14 games. Justin Jefferson, I think very talented, solid rookie receiver. But especially with everything's going on, he missed time. He did get taken off the COVID list after a week. I'm not sure what that means other than either false positive or he just had to get quarantined until they got the tests back. But he's back. He's okay. So he's going to get some, you know, practices in preseason here, but probably not enough. That paves the way a little bit for Irv Smith to get more work in the passing game than he got last year. I think a larger share than Kyle Rudolph now. He could end up essentially being the second best receiver on this team. Dalvin Cook, I have him... A lot lower than you would probably like. 233 points. That's really good. Still a top 12 running back, but it's only running back 11. I know a lot of people have him there at like 4 or 5. I wouldn't pay that for him. That sim- simple as that. Yeah. New Orleans. I think Breeze can be a top 12 quarterback. I have him as 8. Uh, Michael Thomas is your number one. After that, you know, Sanders, I think, can be interesting. I'm kind of out on Traquan Smith. If you want a dart throw, I'm going with Deontay Harris, who could take over that kind of gin deep role um, with attention given to Sanders, as well as, of course, Thomas. Harris could have some of those big plays. Tommy Lewis is a guy who did that in the past. Harris can do the same thing tight ends jared cook is there he's the guy he's done it however a lot of his points last year came on touchdowns and when it comes to actual passing game receiving work it wasn't as good as you maybe would like to see i have missed tight end eight that could easily fall i think in my draft ranks i have him lower adam troutman is the rookie probably not getting drafted cook is there but if 
you know, injury should happen. Or, you know what, maybe Troutman just, maybe just breaks out. Keep an eye on it. I really like him, especially in Dynasty, but just keep an eye on him. Just a player to be aware of. We know how it goes with tight ends. Sometimes they blow up, they come out of nowhere. Uh, they can be Caden Smith, you know, putting up almost Evan Ingram numbers, but not quite. Thielen, Trout, Troutman could be doing that by midseason. Alvin Kamara is a super efficient running back. He's so good, guys. Do not discount this guy. I don't think he has the ceiling. So even though I have him here projected as the running back two, in my draft ranks, he's, I think, four. Just because uh, Saquon and Zeke do have a little bit of that ceiling, or in Zeke's, Zeke's case, a little bit of a better floor as well and health history. But Alvin Kamara, he played he played through some an- ankle injury last season. So it looks bad, but he toughed it out. He's shown that he can do that. He can still be out there and give you some points. And he just he lacked some of his burst we're used to seeing. If that's back, I think a lot of those big plays come back too. And we already talked about it. Latavius Murray, solid, solid um, bench piece. And you may even be able to flex him with independent value. <laughs> New England, Patriots, I think it's Cam Newton starting, come on. I gave Jarrett Siddham like two games because I'm Cam might get injured. Uh, Julian Edelman is still the guy there, still, still a top 24 receiver, wide receiver 23 here, 120 targets, 80 receptions. He's just the guy. I think Sanu is sneaky good here. He may even outscore Nikhil Harry, but I do think Harry is going to show something this year. And uh, he is a kind of a dark horse, actually, to become Cam Newton's favorite target. I could see that happening. Tight ends, stay away. D- don't don't buy into the New England tight end. No, none of them are named Gronkowski. Just move along. If you have to get one, get Dalton Keene late. Not Asiasi, Dalton Keene. Because Dalton Keene is going to be the guy who's out there on snaps not just out there to receive. You know, if we're comparing to a certain draft class in the past of Gronkowski and Hernandez, Dalton Keene is the Gronk, Asiasi is the Hernandez, minus the, you know, murderous tendencies. Anyway, running back, Sonny Michelle. Yeah, I don't have him. I have James White outscoring him in PPR. Sonny Michelle's... Now there's talk about he could miss time. I've been grabbing Rex Burkhead off of waivers even. Damian Harris I traded for already. These are my dynasty leagues, of course. Yeah, it's James White. And then a few picks later, if Michelle seems like he's healthy, you could grab him. It's possible he does something. He gets volume. He could get touchdowns. I just, you probably don't want to count on it. That's all. New York football giants. Daniel Jones is sneaky good. I have him as quarterback 12. You may not like how that looks week to week. He's going to have some big games, though. He's a perfect quarterback two in a super flex, or I really like him in best ball. I just got Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford. 
I paired them up in a best ball league. They're both going to have some really high weeks. Hopefully, they alternate. Wide receivers, Golden Tate, wide receiver 35. He He's a good receiver. He has not seen major injury that and, and games missed to injury until just last season. We'll see if that was, you know, unusual or if this starts to become a pattern. But for now, I'm buying Golden Tate at his cheap price. Sure, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton. Yeah, I mean, these are very similar guys. But if I have to go one, I'm going Golden Tate. Evan Ingram. Oh, I have him as the tight end six, and that's on only 12 games played. He can be so good. He can be so good. But guess what? Caden Smith can also be good if Evan Ingram is out. One of the few cases where we know of a like tight end handcuff, right? Again, don't handcuff, but late enough you could grab this guy and you can just drop him for nothing. But if Ingram ends up getting injured again, you can get a guy who's now going to possibly put up top 12 numbers. That offense is friendly to tight ends. And Caden Smith was a sneaky good prospect to begin with. This is no slouch. This is not a nobody. He can be good. Saquon Barkley, running back three. I draft him, I think, two. Not much to say. He just needs to keep his legs healthy. And the sky is the limit. New York Jets. Ah, man. Adam Gase is just... Yeah, I don't want any part of it. I can see Jamison Crowder doing it mostly because he already did. Uh, Brashad Perryman could take on a little bit of that Robbie Anderson kind of role. It would fit. Denzel Mims, the rookie, I kind of like him here. There's just not going to be anyone that jumps out by themselves. Chris Herndon is one of these tight ends. Had in 22. He could make that leap. And Le'Veon Bell, I have him as running back 16. Here's the problem. I, I heard something recently. I wish I knew who it was. Uh, they said that in the last like two or three years, Adam Gase is called a, a running back carry at the goal line or red zone 11 times. Like, that's it. 11 times. Touchdowns are going to be a problem for Le'Veon Bell again. I now got Philadelphia. Carson Wentz, I think he's actually pretty good back. I have him as a quarterback 15. That's with one game miss even. Just cuz, come on. Yeah, he, he could actually be pretty good. Alshon Jeffrey is kind of like, uh, he's in that category with AJ Green. I'm only giving him 10 games, but he can be good. He could be good in those 10 games. Same thing for Deshaun Jackson, 12 games. But he could be really good in those 12 games. I'm, I'm love buying Jalen Ragor here for cheap. There's just so much upside if, you know, he works out and the receivers and tight ends and everyone around him are getting injured and changing out. He could really uh, get himself into a position of demand on that offense. Zach Ertz is my tight end three. Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard tight end 19. 
I think Zach Ertz is essentially the wide receiver one on this team. Yeah. Miles Sanders, I don't see him getting the same receiving work he got last year. It's It's been shown that when uh, targets disappear because of whatever reasons during the season, when those receivers, receivers disappear, the targets go to the running back more than any other position. They don't go to just a replacement wide receiver. They don't go to the tight ends. They push on to the pass-catching wide receiver, which we have. So I am going to, instead of thinking Sanders, I can just take last year's numbers and scale them to the next year. Not quite. I have him as RB13. I think I draft him right around 12. It's not like I hate him. I'm just saying look out for the whole Pennsylvania Doug Peterson curse. It's I just a fear it's going to end in tears if you think that Sanders is going to get 70 plus receptions this year. There's too many other good targets that are going to take away that receiving work again. Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Juju Smith-Schuster can rebound to have him here as wide receiver 21. That's really not that bad, to be honest. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 40. Uh, Eric Ebron, I think, could actually do a little bit of work here. Be okay. James Conner, he's a guy that I'm I'm not really buying into a lot of reasons why, but for the most part, his injury history is just too extensive. And I'm not really buying anyone else, but if I have to go after or if I want to take my opponent's handcuff, it's Benny Snell. Jalen Samuels kind of just didn't really do what we hoped he could do with when, with what he was given. And Anthony McFarland, I've seen it said that, you know, well, if he's a small back, then here's all these other guys that are too small. Uh, uh, we'll see. I do think that he could be useful in the receiving game, particularly, like, you know, if Snell takes over, he's not going to, Snell's not going to take over the receiving work as much. That's where Anthony McFarland could slip in in a PPR kind of context. Ben Roethlisberger, I have him finishing quarterback 22. It's not all bad. It's just risky. Getting there, guys. We're almost to the end. Seattle Seahawks, Russell Wilson, quarterback 6. I'm actually drafting him ahead of Kyler Murray because I think Kyler Murray is kind of the most similar to Russell Wilson, and I've seen Russell Wilson do it. The question is volume. Will he get the volume to, to do it or even to improve? compared to, of course, Arizona and Kyler Murray, who I think is going to get a lot more volume. But Wilson just is so efficient, so good at doing it, he doesn't always need that much volume. Tyler Lockett, have him finishing ahead of DK Metcalf. I just think that's because DK Metcalf, his presence there helps Lockett as much as it hurts because Lockett... I mean, Metcalf now is going to demand attention. The other thing to keep in mind here is uh, 
Tyler Lockett was good last year, but he was actually better than you remember. Talked about this in the offseason already. He was on pace for what would have put him as the wide receiver two just above Chris Godwin. However, he actually got injured in the game right before their bye week. And a lot of people forget about this. They see he played in the games later and then he didn't do much of anything and people are, oh, he's inconsistent, whatever. No, he was injured. He had a major leg contusion. They were worried about compartment syndrome. I'm not sure if you can get like just a little bit of compartment syndrome, but I'm sure even just a little bit is bad. It was three weeks, four weeks before he was himself and quitting the same amount of work. And then he was just as good as he started off the season. This just tells me Lockett's going to be good. Uh, Greg Olson is a sneaky good, like, old tight end. Of course, Will Disley was good, but he keeps getting injured. He may even start on the BUP list. So Greg Olson was signed there. I think they like him. Why else would they sign him? He can be a low-end tight end, but he has that room to become more than that. Same thing for Jacob Hollister. For running backs, Chris Carson. I was surprised how low my projection came out for Chris Carson. Okay, just to be honest. I have him ranked in my draft ranks much higher than that. But there is some concern here for Carson, particularly at the beginning of the season. So if you can get Carson for a good price and then like stash Carlos Hyde, that can be your like early season insurance. If the first week he's not quite ready to go, he got Hyde. After that, Carson's back. You can drop Hyde. Travis Homer, possibly PUP list. Um, he's just a injured roster stash. Would not be drafting him really at all. On to the 49ers. I really like Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that's a little unpopular. He doesn't always get the volume. But we see these post, you know, Super Bowl loss teams all the time. Especially, look, the Niners defense was so good. It's hard to imagine they're going to repeat. So if that defense is worse, that's going to affect the offense some. Plus, again, coming back off of a Super Bowl loss, I think they're going to be throwing, get a little more loose, score some more points than they did last year. They're not going to be able to be be able to depend on that that amazing defense because it's going to be really hard for it to be that amazing again. Debo Samuel, I look, I know he had the Jones fracture and all this, but like he's good when he plays per game, he's going to put up really good points. I have him as my wide receiver 19. Still, even still with 14 games. Okay? Brandon Ayuk can be okay. I think he wasn't my favorite rookie, but he he's a good fit there. Kendrick Bourne's going to be the guy if Debo misses time, who's like just comes out of nowhere, is catching a bunch of passes, and everyone's like, "Oh, who's this Kendrick, you know, Bourne guy?" It he's Kendrick Bourne, and this is what he does. Um, he anytime uh, a better receiver goes down or is traded or anything like that. It's Bourne who steps up to fill as much of that you know vacuum as he can. 
Richie James, same thing. And Dante Pettis, we'll see if, uh, we'll see where he's at. It's hard to believe, but hey, maybe he's going to get it together, Dante Pettis, and be that good receiver we all thought he was already. George Kittle, tight end two, not much to say. Raheem Mostert and the running backs. He's my running back 36 just because I don't think he's that great. He's had a good defense, right? Slow pace kind of approach. He had a pretty good offensive line. I just think there's a lot of thing going Mostert's way, and I wouldn't overreact, overpay for him. I'd pay just as much for Tevin Coleman. And then you can really, really get cheap on really late Jarek McKinnon. I think Shanahan really likes this guy. They they kept him around, you know, even after two years of nothing. He is a very interesting prospect. And I think if he gets involved in the passing game, I have him for a lot of targets. He could score just about as much as Mostert and Coleman in a PPR. All right, Tampa Bay. Uh, kind of a dark horse, right? For the Super Bowl even. Tom Brady going there. Gronkowski coming out to meet him there. This is a very interesting team. I like Brady for my quarterback nine. He's a top 10 quarterback for me. And I think Evans and Godwin can both finish. I have Godwin as a wide receiver nine and Evans is a wide receiver 13. So not quite two wide receiver 12s, but they could easily, easily could bunch of other guys that got Scott Miller, Justin Watson, Tyler Johnson. I don't know what to do with these guys, but it's a good thing it's so focused on Evans and Godwin anyway. I wouldn't worry about it quite yet. Tight ends. Rob Gronkowski. When, when I looked at the stats here for the Buccaneers, I basically projected it out and then, and then added uh, stats for Gronkowski almost, almost on top, just like as icing. Like, here's a cake, and it's Tom Brady with 41, 4,200 yards. Okay, that's great. I just don't think Rob Gronkowski is going to take work away from Evans or Godwin. I think he's just going to help the offense. And any any work he does get is going to pay dividends for the rest of those those players. And if he doesn't get them, it's going to be no different. So it's literally icing. It adds right onto the top, and that's how I get Brady to 4,600 yards because he's getting that Gronkowski boost. If Gronkowski's washed and he can't do that, then we cut it out. But I don't think it actually is going to to change um, a whole lot, right? I don't think it's going to change uh, the, the result for the other players much. It's just going to affect the team's totals if Gronkowski can be that much better and just add to the offense. Apparently Bruce Arians, after they signed LaShawn McCoy, today said something in support of Ronald Jones. I'm not buying it. He said that Jones was the guy like middle of last season and then nothing changed. Don't do it. I've got a uh, Ronald Jones truther Twitter registry going. Report 
any suspicious activity you see on your timeline if anyone is continuing to push and support Ronald Jones. The public deserves to know about them and be warned. <laughs> okay. Um, look, I get, I think Keyshawn John out, Keyshawn Vaughn outscores Ronald Jones over the whole season. It just might take him a little while. And Dare Agunbowale is the PPR cheap option either way. I think he could really get involved from Tom Brady. And LaShawn McCoy is irrelevant. Tennessee. Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill was super efficient last season when he took over. It certainly helps when you have someone like A.J. Brown or even Jonu Smith, right? Uh, I like these players. I just don't think Tannehill is going to be all that great. Uh, A.J. Brown, however, can be great. Odell Beckham was great with Eli Manning, slouch quarterback. That's okay. Tannehill is just as good. Corey Davis, you can't quite ignore him. He still is a wide receiver 47, so he's still there. Here's a surprise. Johnny Smith, tight end 7. I have him up there. I really like him. Anyone thinking there's not enough work or this, this, this passing offense doesn't have enough volume, go ahead and check it out. There's several players that left and took their targets with them. No, vacated targets, right? Isn't that how? No, no, it's not. Okay. I'm just saying there's there's plenty of room for Johnny Smith to survive here. I'm not going to use a uh, vacated targets argument. I am just going to say the competition, that whole command issue, there's less of them in the way. It's A.J. Brown, and then... It might be Jonu Smith after Corey Davis, maybe. I think Jonu Smith commands that kind of attention and workload very close to the top of the depth chart. That's the guys I want. Derrick Henry running back six, 242 points. He's just a beast. If you're in a non-PPR league, he'd be even higher than this. Um, I'm going to be in a league with extra points for big plays. I'm going to like Derrick Henry in that too. If you're in a, a league with points per carry, you're going to like Derrick Henry there too. Look, he's just a beast running back. If they ever got involved in the passing game more, he would be amazing. But I think he belongs there running back six. That's still very, very good. This is it. Washington football team. Yeah, yeah, Washington football team. Dwayne Haskins, not quite as bad as you think. We'll see how good he can be. I haven't wide receiver or quarterback 30. We'll see. But I think he's good enough to support a receiver or two. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver 22, and he could be better than that. He's a very good receiver. Steven Sims was putting in some work and showing up some last year. And I really like, as a rookie, Antonio Golden Gandy. I did it again. Antonio Gandy Golden. Very interesting player. And the right kind of fit to go kind of opposite McLaurin. He could end up sneaking out, uh, taking over 
some solid work there. Steven Sims stays more in the slot, maybe. Either way, there's not much for a tight end here. Some people are high on Logan Thomas finally becoming something. Jeremy Sprinkle finally becoming something. And then there's the rookie Thaddeus Moss, popular because his dad is, you know, Moss. Yeah, that Moss. Randy Moss. And for running backs, this is a situation where I like Darius Geis if I can get him late enough. Seventh, eighth round, my running back 23. He could easily finish in the top 12. He could. No. No. Absolutely no. All right, so obviously the news about Darius Geis came out literally the day after I recorded this. So in light of that, he's well, obviously he's completely out of the rankings released by the Washington football team. I have moved Adrian Peterson up to my running back 50 with a projected 106 points. Um, in my running back projections, in my, uh, sorry, in my running back draft ranks, I would keep him all the way up at running back 36 just because there is a pretty high floor there, or at least early season. But I do, he doesn't have the ceiling that guys had. And I do have Antonio Gibson sneaking inside of the top 48 running backs um, with 116 points projected for the season. Yes, that's higher than Adrian Peterson. If you are high on him, go ahead and draft him. I just am wary of him, especially first half of the season. And there's there's a lot more risk there. We know Adrian Peterson's going to get involved. So he comes with a level of you know certainty and safety that Gibson does not, but he doesn't have that ceiling that Gibson could give you, especially towards the second half of the season. I wouldn't reach out on him and redraft. That's all. Uh, Bryce Love, interesting. Adrian Peterson, very interesting. Uh, Antonio Gibson. This is a very interesting running back room. It's going to really depend, I think, on Geis and what he does. Well, and then we'll see if there's some other... Uh, if there's other roles for these other guys, I'm probably Gibson is largely special teams, that kind of thing. Bryce Love is probably a better one-to-one replacement for Darius Geis, and he was highly, you know, rated at his rookie season. He just needs a chance to get out there. He couldn't last year, so hopefully we see him, you know, get another chance. But I fear he's just stuck behind Geis now. If Geis goes down, though, Bryce Love would be a super uh, sneaky option to pick up. A lot of people might go Adrian Peterson. I think it could be Bryce Love. Okay, guys. Wow. Woo. I'd have to look at the time. I think I did it, and in decent time as well. I'm not sure if I made my 90-minute target with the three minutes each, but we came pretty close and even hit on some other things along the way. Um, I might just put out this whole all the teams is one episode and in its own check out the singularity again fusionffb.com i mentioned ranks um they're going to be in the singularity my own in in my own kind of format but i also offered to host the rankings for the toilets to titles guys we got justin john and nate over there making a lot of uh, fun videos, a lot of good stuff, enjoying that on YouTube. But they don't have a site or anything like that. Friends of mine, I offered 
to collaborate and put out a rankings. So my rankings will be reflected in that as well. And look for that on the site, again, under player rankings, but for the 2020 season. Thanks, guys, for listening. Wow. That is incredible. Uh, hope you enjoy. Enjoy the singularity. I'll see if there's any more tweaks to do. Luckily, there were no more real big name holdouts. So that's good news. Looks like the season's, it's it's going to happen. Like I talked about, it's going to happen. And I think it can go well. Um, if you have any questions, if you have any issues with the singularity, reach out to me at FusionFFB on Twitter or email FusionFFB at gmail.com. Uh, I'm beat. That was a lot. My voice is 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 given out on me. I don't know if you can hear. And I will see you guys next time.